What's up, cool cats and cuties? This is the Promenade Merchants Podcast, a Star Trek podcast out on the frontier. So sit down and grab a rock to Gino as David Majors and Heather Kirby talk all things Star Trek. Old, new, and what's to come. The Promenade Merchants are open for business. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Promenade Merchants Podcast, your favorite Star Trek podcast, favorite cool, scrappy underdog Star Trek podcast. I'm David Majors, and my co-host, Miss Heather Kirby. What's up, Heather? What's up, David? You know, in this wild, wacky, crazy, real life of the world, at least we have a ton of Star Trek to talk about. And I'm so excited once again to talk Star Trek with you because there is so many new and exciting and just wonderful things. And I might be squealing, y'all. I'm sorry. Ahead of time. I squeal yeah, when I get excited. I, I haven't seen anything. What are you talking about? I, I, I <laughs> well, well, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. But right now, we're going to start jumping in with the old business. Now, for new listeners of the show, we go old business, new business, upcoming business. And we're starting with the old, the classic Star Trek business. And we, we like to bring a little bit of the old now. Uh, as we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show, Star Trek Lower Decks' first season just concluded. To seemingly universal praise. Uh, now, Heather, a- as you know, Star Trek franchises and series have a tendency to not start off very well. Usually, uh, there is a trend of the first season of a Star Trek series usually being a bit rough they they take some time to find their footing maybe some costume choices maybe a couple of episodes that are just outright racist you know the, the first seasons sometimes take a little little time to to really get going uh so i'm going to ask you and if you're out there listening at from trek pod wherever you get your podcast please let us know heather i want to ask you uh, of all of these Star Trek series, uh, what is your favorite first season? Uh, well, you know, when I really think about it, and I'm just going to stick to like the former, we're just going to leave the, the new series out of the equation, but one of them will get an honorable mention at the end of this topic. <laughs> but when I really think about it, I think... I think I would have to say that Voyager's first season is my favorite. Okay. Okay. Um, Tell me about I, Voyager's fav- first season. Tell me. I think they really, they, they came out of the ball rolling. Um, they really set a bar high where they, they kind of threw the ship and the crew into actions and in, in, into a situation right away that they had to deal with. Um, and they really took the time to really establish their crew dynamic or how their crew dynamic was forming throughout that first season, which is something that you don't really get a whole lot of in like, I mean, you kind of get that in TOS, but you don't really get like some of the other TOS characters that we know and love until like later seasons. And then you kind of get that in 
TNG, but TNG has a lot of really bad stories <laughs> in their first season. That that first season of TNG, I think everyone knows about the the first season of the Next Generation. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean you don't, and you don't really get the the really tight knit or really formation of of getting to know the characters really well in DS9's first season, and I think that's where DS9 really uh comes behind voyager in that aspect because just because of the situation they were put in like you got to see some of these character traits that typically don't get developed until the second or the third season so that's what really makes voyager's first season stand out for me um an honorable mention to that which is something that no one will ever bring up when it comes to this topic is enterprise's first season mm. i love enterprise's first season i think it is completely underrated and it doesn't get enough credit from anyone um just because I, it, it, yeah i i was going to say i really liked enterprise's first season too yeah. Uh, because you got the impression that the crew of the NX-01 and Starfleet uh, were still trying to figure themselves out. And I felt like that was a really cool vibe. Uh, exactly. I love that they, they really weren't quite fully formed. And the Vulcans were not happy with their lack of progress. Yeah. And I thought that added to a really interesting dynamic in the first season. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I I mean, that's why the Voyager comes just ahead of them, just because I like Voyager better. <laughs> but I, I got to give Enterprise credit for their first season. I I don't. I think it's underrated. I I think it doesn't get enough love from people. Um, and they really did a good job of showing their crew dynamic as well throughout that first season and getting to know the the main players in in the show very well. Okay. Um, I was thinking about this, and I was probably going to say that it would have been DS9's first season, because I liked how chaotic it kind of felt, uh, because the whole goal of Deep Space Nine in the beginning was to make the point that this is not your daddy's Star Trek. This is yeah. not the next generation. This is not TOS. But my favorite first season of a Star Trek series is a season where I was looking through the episodes and I realized, wow, some of the really seminal episodes of this show and really some of the episodes that really defined the entire franchise are in this first season. And that's TOS, the original series. Uh and when I saw them, it was like, there's Mud's Women, there's This Side of Paradise, there's City on the Edge of Forever, there's The Menagerie. There are some really big, significant, historical episodes in the first season of Star Trek. And you really see, even in the first season, a lot of it is still really fully formed. All of the characters are pretty well formed and 
the acting is solid. The vibe and the mood is solid. You see <laughs> Gene Roddenberry's vision. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty well thought out and executed pretty early on, and that's really impressive to me. So I think that season one of the original series really set a very strong tone for the rest of the show and even onwards into the 70s with the movies i think it was really well done and when i was looking back at it it was to my own surprise that yeah a lot of a lot of my favorite episodes of the original series were in season one so for me it's it's the first season of star trek the very first one see i i I, I know that probably the majorities of Trekkies out there in the universe will agree with you on that statement. And that's kind of why I didn't want to mention TOS, because as much as I have love and respect for TOS and, and the original series and, and those old scientists, <laughs> I they're just never going to come. There, there's a lot of things about TOS as to why they never come are never going to come to the top of my list when it comes to favorites. Um, it, 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 it's a show that I, I have love and respect for, but if I'm sitting there and picking my personal favorites, TOS is, I can't think off the top of my head, a situation right now where TOS would come in at number one. And that's just me being honest. That doesn't mean I hate it. That's just me being completely honest about my own opinions there. I thought the same thing. I genuinely thought the same thing. But then when I was looking at every show and I was looking at the first season of Voyager and I'm like, eh, okay. Uh, and, and I admittedly probably like the Kazon more than most people. And I liked Cheska more than most Star Trek yeah. fans as well as the Kazon. Uh, it wasn't quite up there for me. Uh, DS9 is probably second. I'd say it's almost definitely second. Uh, Enterprise is third, but it's a, it's a very close third. Like it's kind of two and three neck and neck between DS9 and Enterprise. Uh, but when I really started looking over, it, it caught me by surprise, actually, because in most cases, I would probably say the same thing as you, Heather, where TOS really probably wouldn't be my favorite to, to select from anything. But then I started looking through and then I saw, yeah, there's this side of paradise. That's one of my all-time favorite episodes. There's the menagerie. Yeah. There's Mud's women. Yeah. Th that one's there, too. Uh, the city on the edge of forever. Yeah, that's, that's another one. A and it was like, wow, like all of these episodes are pretty, pretty solid. And to my own surprise, it ended up being TOS. I did not see that coming, but yeah. Um, everybody, TOS season one. It it dare I say, dare I say, it kinda holds up. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it it, it kinda does. Kinda does. Uh but I, I think that now uh, we've definitely caused some arguments on the internet. So send us your <laughs> thoughts at prom. Trek pod. What is your favorite season one in Star Trek? And here's another one. If you have a favorite episode 
in a season one of a Star Trek series. And if you say Code of Honor, you're getting blocked. Yeah, no, that that's that's a definite block right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's move oh, into so the... Before we move on to, to new business, like I said, I just wanted to shout this out because even though we were talking about the older series here and old business, uh, I think Discovery Season 1 has to be in the conversation when we talk about best season ones in all of Star Trek. And that's just, for me personally, Discovery was the show that brought me back into the Star Trek fandom. It made me fall in love with the Star Trek universe all over again. And that that all happened in season one. So Discovery season one gets a lot of love from me here. Same, same, same. You, I I couldn't say it better. I, I fell back in love with Star Trek all over again uh, through Discovery Season 1. I will always mark them off for a few demerits for not giving me more of Captain Philippa Giorgio, but yes, Season 1 of Discovery definitely deserves to be in the conversation. Which brings me to new business, in which we saw the final two episodes of Star Trek lower decks and well i gotta say heather i'm just gonna go ahead and say it we were were talking about the first season of a star trek series and there's really no other way to say it especially with the season finale star trek lower decks had a phenomenal first season and it ended so strongly with the final episode, no small parts. Completely agree. Um, th- there's just there's so much to talk about with this episode, where we saw uh, the action, where we saw the the reveal of Mariner and Captain Friedman being mother and daughter, and then the the giant cameo that caused the entire fandom <laughs> to lose their minds, where we finally saw the USS Titan officially being canon and recognized, and we saw. Captain Will Riker and, and <laughs> Commander Deanna Troy as Counselor Troy. And, and just th- this had so much this season finale. And yeah, it, Lower Decks, it, it had, uh, I'm going to say it. C- can I say it, Heather? Can I say it? Oh, you can say it. Yeah. Star Trek Lower Decks is the best first season of a Star Trek series to date. I said you could say it. I didn't say I was going to say it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's me. That's how I feel. But yeah, how did you feel about these these last two episodes of season one? Uh, Crisis Point, The Rise of Vindicta, and No Small Parts. Uh, Well, these last two episodes of season one were definitely... Wow. (laughs) Um, I... I did. I, I will tell you right now. I didn't like Crisis Point as much as it seems the majority of other Trekkies did. I had a yeah. couple issues with the episode, um, just because I, 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 I don't know. And 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 this is part of why, like, when we started talking about Lower Decks when the season first began, I said this type of show isn't really my type of show. I'm not a big comedy fan. I don't really watch comedy shows a whole lot. I have a couple that I like, but not a whole lot. 
Um, I'm, I'm more, I like drama. I like suspense. I like mystery. I like fantasy. Uh, so comedy doesn't always hit well with me. And, uh, that kind of proved its point in crisis point, because as much as I love the amount of movie references and the lens flare and all the little cool movie tidbits they threw in there, uh, one thing I didn't really like about the episode was kind of how Mariner kind of threw the whole therapy thing aside and decided to do her own thing. And she really kind of uh, treated her friends badly in the process while she was doing it. Uh, I don't know. I just I didn't get really that. like that part. <laughs> I, I totally get that. I totally get that. And uh, I found how at the end of the episode where she ended up saying, wow, therapy works. Uh, because she she wanted to uh, find her own way to work through her issues. I found that to be rather funny. I found that to be funny because it was so stupidly absurd to have her and the rest of the Lower Deckers go through all of these antics in her holographic movie that she programmed that was just full of way too many references. I totally get where you're coming from. Uh, the point about her talking about Tendi uh, the same way everybody yeah. else talks about Orion aliens. Yeah. I totally get that. I totally do. A- and the way Boimler was kind of cast aside for a lot of it. And it, it really kind of showed the thing that I was a little worried about with Mariner and that she's super duper sure that she's right about everything all the time. And we've seen a, a few times throughout this season, uh, not as much as I would like, she's not right about everything all the time, and she's not this super perfect officer. And she was working on that with herself, which I found to be a, a really interesting choice to go with. And yeah. I, I thought that... Under the confines of this movie, The Rise of Vindicta, which is just so <laughs> wacky. As just that that is my kind of comedy. It's just completely off of the walls insanity, and I loved it. And for her to work her issues out, it was I think that was good. The way that she found a way to work things out. Uh, and I think you started to see a little bit of that in the next episode, No Small Parts, where you oh, yeah. saw how at the end, Mariner and Captain Freeman sort of ended on better terms. Uh, I think that them ending with, let's not tell your father about this. I think that was really funny. That that was really good. <laughs> and I, I have a question about no small parts, and, and I would love to throw this one out to the people as well. Heather, in the history of Star Trek, it seems like every major series has one or two major alien species that are like the nemesis species of the main cast. With TOS, it was the Klingons. With mm-hmm. The Next Generation, it was the Borg and sort of the Romulans getting thrown in there every now and then. DS9 had the Cardassians and eventually the Dominion. Uh, Voyager had the Kazon. Everyone out there, just calm down, be quiet. And the Borg. Uh, yeah. And Enterprise had the Zindi. 
And I'm going to say something really crazy. I think that given what we saw from episode 10 of Lower Decks, it might have had a little bit of a feel that the Packlids might be a potential main antagonist alien for Lower Decks. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. And I can see that happening. And like, d- d- as much as I express my displeasure about crisis point um i love the season finale i think no small parts was fucking brilliant there i actually cursed on a podcast there we go (laughs) no small parts was fucking brilliant it was literally one of the best season finales ever it had everything um, it, it, it made me cheer. It made me cry. Rest in peace. Lieutenant Shax. He was amazing. Um, it made me jump up and down in joy upon seeing the Titan and Riker and Troy. It had the entire crew coming together and working as a team. Um, it was amazing. It had everything and hands down, that is the best episode of the entire season. I could not agree more. Um, it, it started right from the very first joke of, did she give you little Captain Kisses? <laughs> that immediately had me howling with laughter. This, this was just a great episode of television. And just from start to finish, it, it was just absolutely hilarious. And yeah, I feel like the Packlets, the aliens that are supposed to be kind of slow and dumb, they would be the perfect enemies for the Cerritos uh, to have to keep dealing with over and over again. Because this is a comedy show, and I think there's so much you can do with the Packlets with Lower Decks. I feel like it's there... If we see them in season two, I think it'll be really funny and really exciting. Oh, and you were right. We saw Badgie again. Come on. Yes, Badgie. Yes. (laughs) Recurring characters, continuity, all the things nerds love. It's happening. (laughs) And yeah, I, I have to say, Star Trek Lower Decks. It really blew me away. It absolutely blew me away. Given how much I was eh on the pilot, and I was very eh on the pilot, if you listen to that episode, it really picked up from the next episode onward. And except for maybe one or two, it really didn't let up. Like I was extremely surprised and impressed at how entertained i was uh the performances from tondi newman uh she is a superstar she's absolutely a superstar she's hilarious uh jack quaid as ensign boimler terrific uh those two are just stars in the making i i love them both uh don lewis as captain freeman uh, she she was good as a 
Starfleet captain while also kind of having that I'm surrounded by idiots vibe, which which <laughs> yeah. was just which really fits the whole vibe of this show. It 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 really works where they are Starfleet, but they're kind of not great. And I, I really respect that. I love it. And it's just, I was really blown away. Uh, the animation quality was really good. Uh, the, the TNG era aesthetics and visuals, uh, were really satisfying. The action when it was there was really good. Uh, we got to see a lot of the characters. I think that once we see a little bit more from Tendi and Rutherford, uh, the show will be firing on all cylinders. And yeah, man, I, I give season one of Star Trek Lower Decks two thumbs all the way up. Uh, I feel like right at the very end with Boimler, I, I'm giving Lower Decks the promotion right now. Boom. <laughs> well done. Uh, I, I I agree with you on all that. Like I said, I I, I still stand by the fact it, it's not the type of show I I typically watch or enjoy, but I I love it for what it is. Um, it's it's a show that's made to be fun, and it's made with love. It, it it's really made with love for the Star Trek universe and just the amount of um little tidbits and and callbacks and and little things crammed into each one of these episodes that just make me so happy to see. So even though it's not a show that I'm, like I said earlier about TOS, it's not a show that I'm ever going to call my favorite. I love the show for what it is and I can't wait to see more of it. So two thumbs up for me too. Yay. Thumbs up all the way around. Also, I'm really hoping in season two, we get more from Jennifer the Andorian. That's what I'm hoping for. Because <laughs> way, Jennifer. Because I don't know why she has become for me, she's like the Morn of Lower Decks. Everyone loves Morn. I love Jennifer the Andorian, and I hope she never goes away. So looking forward to season two. Alright. Uh upcoming news. Um yeah, I don't know, Heather. This was uh, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. What are lot. you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, it's kind of kind of empty as far as uh, n- anything coming up with Star Trek. Not not a whole lot after Lower Decks. It's just uh, it's oh kind of quiet. <laughs> did, did you see anything, Heather? Did, did you catch so anything much coming up after Lower Decks? <laughs> It's a great time to be a Star Trek fan, people. Oh my goodness, is it a good time to be a Star Trek fan? Where do we even start? I was just going to say the exact same thing. So we literally almost said the exact same thing at the same time. Where do we start? Heather, Heather, I'm going to let you take the con. We've got a couple of, we've got three upcoming stories here. I'm going to let you take the con. Which one do you want to go to first? Okay, I'm going to start with the one I'm probably, out of all of these three, most excited about, which is interesting because I wouldn't have thought that before um, about this show. But at the New York Comic Con panels about the Star Trek universe uh, this past week, they had a special announcement about Star Trek Prodigy, which is 
if you remember, is the kids show, kids animated show coming to Nickelodeon sometime next year. And the announcement was that they were bringing back a former captain to kind of take charge and guide uh, the characters on this show. And that captain happens to be Captain Catherine Janeway. Oh, my God, it's Janeway. (laughs) Wow. What an announcement. What Ah. an announcement. My goodness. Uh, Yes, Alex Kurtzman, the man himself, introduced the amazing Kate Mulgrew. Uh, being uh, reprising her role from Star Trek Voyager uh, to be a part of Star Trek Prodigy, the Nickelodeon series. I think that this is an absolutely brilliant and inspired move on the part of Star Trek. I think this is just absolutely brilliant. Uh, And uh, did you also see the bit of news that they'd actually kept this locked down for over a year? They kept it locked down for a year. I mean, she's. I think she's already recorded episodes. <laughs> so I, I far. imagine she the has. Way she was talking. That's that, that's what it sounded like. So yeah, they they've definitely kept this locked in secret, which you know Star Trek does very well. Um, Kurtzman and the entire gang of the Star Trek universe do very, very, very well at keeping these secrets from us, so we can get even more excited when they announce it. And I, you know, I agree with you. This is a completely brilliant move because like and i think i think it was our very first episode actually where you talked about how your excitement for this series and and it wasn't really on my radar because i'll admit it's designed to be a kid's show um so it, it wasn't really on my radar before now but i love janeway so much she is my captain she is my heart my soul um the fact that they are using her to connect and bring in new viewers is just so perfect. And it's what these new Star Trek shows should be doing because they have an entire um, back back album of casts and characters that they can use to introduce people to the newer characters that they're bringing in moving forward. And so it connects the older generation with the newer generation that's going to watch these shows. Uh, They did it with Star Trek Picard and now using Janeway in Prodigy. uh, They're doing it with her and I I think it's just brilliant. And I think that's what they need to do moving forward. I just imagined that there will be kids watching Star Trek Prodigy on Nickelodeon in a couple of years. They're going to hear Captain Janeway and get curious about who she is. And they might ask their parents, who's Captain Janeway? And then next thing you know, those kids are going to hear like, well, we can watch Star Trek Voyager. And you can see all of Captain Janeway from there. And it's just... Building the next generation of Trekkies, and that's that sounds so great to me. I feel like I said that when we talked about it before. I just felt like that that's exactly what we should be doing. We should be cultivating the next generation of Trekkies, and, and I'm so here for it. I'm, I mean, I've been I, here for Star I, Trek Prodigy because it reminded me of Space Cases, uh, another show on Nickelodeon, but now I'm I'm diving even further into it. 
I mean, I literally, I called my older sister the day that this announcement came out because I have two nieces um, that are seven and nine. So they're really literally right at the target age for this. And I called my older sister, who's not even a huge Star Trek fan, uh, but I, I literally called her and I said, this show is coming out. It's going to have Captain Janeway in it. Please watch it with my nieces. <laughs> I want to be able to share this with them. So, uh, yeah, I'm thrilled, <laughs> if you can't tell. Oh, totally. Th this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. I think when the announcement came out, I when I did my googly eyes tweet, I, I might have tagged you when it came out. Like, Heather, are you seeing this? <laughs> and, and, yeah, yeah just amazing. Just amazing. Uh, what else we got, Heather? What else we got on the docket? Oh, well, I don't I mean, there's new Star Trek this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we were just we've been saying 23 weeks of new Star Trek. Lower Decks ended. But wait, Star Trek Discovery Season 3 is coming this week. Finally. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited for Star Trek Discovery Season 3. The trailers, the the video packages, seeing Michael Burnham again, uh, and, and just everything. Just, oh, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I mean, everything about the trailers, the sneak peeks that they've given us about Season 3 just fills me with such joy and hope and excitement. And uh, I, I posted something about this on Twitter and I said, you know, I think CBS really hit the nail on the head when they looked at how they were going to release these new Star Trek episodes that they had lined up because Lower Decks came out right at the time where we were all kind of dragging from the pandemic and the state of the world and we needed something fun to brighten us up and, and make us laugh again. And now here comes Star Trek Discovery right at the time where we need hope. And that's what Star Trek Discovery does best is provide you an ample supply of hope and hope for the future and belief that shit may be horrible and down in the dumps. But if you fight and you work at it and you work together, you can change things and that's uh, the, the, that's just what makes me so excited to have season three coming right now is because we, I, I think we all need a little hope. And that's what Discovery is going to bring us. And that's really what Star Trek is all about. It's giving humanity hope for a brighter future. And man, are we ready for some Star Trek right now? Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Trek the Vote. We have this in the notes, Heather. Tell me about Trek the Vote. Okay. Well, Trek the Vote is a volunteer organization that's nonpartisan, and it's a bunch of Trekkies who have got together to kind of organize fans to volunteer to participate in the U.S. election process. And by that, I mean not just going out and voting, but uh, – volunteer to uh, text bank people, to work as a poll worker in your state, 
um, to work as online monitors for people who are spreading false information about the election. And it's nonpartisan because it's not supported by one party or another. It's just to ensure that our election coming up in the beginning of November is uh, a fair and equitable, equitable election. And so that there's nobody trying to cheat the process or spread information, misinformation, things like that. So I think it's an awesome organization and it's set up really well. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter at Trek the Vote and they have a website where you can put your information in and things that you might be interested in doing and they will give you uh, a links to where you can follow up on that, uh, different jobs you can do, how you contact people in order to volunteer, uh, all the information you might need to get started and participate in the process. So check that out. And we will put those in the show notes for the podcast. Make sure you vote. It's important. Locally, nationally, state level, vote, vote, vote. Vote early. Vote often. If you can vote from home, mail it in. If you can get to your polling place, do so. Just make sure you trek that vote. It's important. It matters. Your vote matters, people. It really does. It makes a difference. So, Heather, <laughs> I, I think that at least for now, at least for now, we, we're, we're, we're good on the deluge of Star Trek that is there to talk about on this episode. But man, next episode, we're, we're, I feel like we're going to have a lot. We got to get ready for Star Trek Discovery and, and and who knows what else, what kind of news we're going to get because we're we're still it feels like we're still going at warp with Star Trek news. It, it just feels like there's more coming. It, it honestly it feels like every time you think you're done with all the new and exciting Star Trek news, then there's just more coming down the pipeline. And I can't be more thrilled <laughs> to talk about it every time. So even though we're headed into Star Trek Discovery Season 3 in our next episode, I have no doubt that we will still have some exciting news to talk about. I think we will. Thank you all for listening to us gush about Star Trek for the last 40 minutes. I'm David. She's Heather. You can follow her on Twitter at NerdyGal33. You can follow me at CallMeDJM. The podcast collectively is Prom, P-R-O-M, Trek, T-R-E-K, P-O-D, Prom Trek Pod. You can listen to the Promenade Merchants podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Music Podcasts, Amazon Music and just the regular old RSS feed at my personal domain, deltajulietmike.com. Look for it by name, Promenade Merchants. It's a Star Trek podcast. For Heather Kirby, this is David Majors. Go watch some Star Trek. You've got plenty of it to do. <laughs> there, there's plenty, and there's more where that come from. So, yeah, live long and prosper. Peace.